0: It's past pep rally night at River Run's local pool, and Charlie Cloud shows up for three reasons. He wants any excuse to escape the prison of his office on a sweltering Northern Virginia Friday. He gets a charge out of watching his son lead the team in cheers, and he loves the bejesus out of his wife, Jillian, who's addicted to the magic of summer swimming. So why not show up at an event once in a while and make her happy? This is GP Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network, and today I'm talking to Michelle Grothman about her new novel, Swimming with Ghosts, is a story about two women who are forced to grapple with childhood trauma after a violent derecho sweeps through Northern Virginia and destroys their beloved swim club. It begins as a sweet story about best friends who raise raised their children, celebrated happy occasions, and run the swim club together for years. After the swim club is ruined and the relationship is ripped apart, the book turns into a dark tale of hidden addictions and generational trauma. The question is, what does it take to both confront ghosts of the past and move beyond inherited disappointment, betrayal, and addiction. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Khalid. I'm thrilled to be here. So how did you come to write this story?
1: Well, I was a swim mom for 14 summers. My whole family was completely immersed in the world of summer swimming, And I just saw so many interesting things happen. It's such a sensory experience. It's hot, the stakes are very low, emotions run high, and it's 10 weeks of adrenaline pumping fun. And so I started to just write a couple of short stories about this scene. And then the 2012 derecho hit And I realized, oh, uh, actually, I think I could marry these stories together. I think these characters know each other. I think that they, I wanted to know what their attachment was to this pool and to each other. And then all of a sudden it took off and I had a story.
0: Wow. You start the novel with Charlie Cloud showing up at the swimming club because he thinks it'll make his wife happy. Can you say more about him? About Charlie? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well,
1: Charlie, actually, he was the first when I, you know, I wrote four short stories, one from each narrator's point of view, there are four narrators in the book. And he was the first person who I, who caught my attention. So yeah, he shows up that first night and he's trying to make his wife happy. And he is just the quintessential outsider. Um, Everybody's, you know, all involved in the Friday night pasta party. And he's just kind of like schlubbing along. And that night was really important because he feels the ghost of Sebastian Norton, mm-hmm. who is the, the patriarch, who, um, the mythic figure who haunts the pool this particular summer.
0: So the cloud family consists of Charlie and his wife, Jillian, their two sons, Sebby and Justin, who is assistant coach for the swim club. He's important to this story Wait a second, I jumped ahead. I want to say, why is the family so entrenched with the River Run Manta Rays? I mean, I was a soccer mom, baseball mom, golf mom, tennis mom, but this family is entrenched. Can you say more? Yeah,
1: they are so entrenched. That's the perfect word. Well, Jillian is the mom, and she is super Queen Bee Um you know, swim mom. And she has a deep history with this pool. She grew up in the pool and she's so completely comforted and soothed by these long held traditions of the the river red manta rays. And um, the reason why, this isn't a spoiler, is because the pool was the only place where her alcoholic father, Sebastian Norton, did not drink heavily. And so this place is just sacred. just an oasis to her. It's sacred to her. It's a place where she can pretend that, you know, she's she's somebody else and she doesn't have all of this baggage and this history.
0: Mm -hmm. Jillian is considered queen of the club what is her best friend Christy considered
1: I think Christy's considered her wingman (laughs) Jillian's always wanted a best friend she's always wanted someone who's gonna you know just adore her and people do adore her but she has this instant connection with Christy and so Christy's kind of her partner in crime
0: we've all had that happen it's a wonderful thing right Oh, yeah, friend like that. So the two of them are constantly together. The families are together. Uh, And one of the things they do together is exercise. They push themselves in a way I wish I had energy to do even even back in that when I was that age. How much of yourself did you write into either of the two women? And if not you? Who are they based on? Well, like any
1: fictional character, they might start with a little piece of me or a little piece of someone else, but then they grow into their own people. Because the more I have them put them in different situations and have them react to one another or the other characters in the book, then all of a sudden, you know, they're 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 other people. So yeah, there's a little bit of me in every character I write.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, did you? like either one of them better oh i love all my
1: characters the same (laughs) (laughs) all your babies i don't always like what they do and i can get really annoyed with them but i have to love them and i have to understand them and see them in their entirety or it my book doesn't work Mm,
0: that's interesting so the action is triggered when charlie whom we've already spoken of offers himself as swim coach because the previous one suddenly leaves um Why is there so much drama about that? Well,
1: I was saying before that the book really took off when I figured out that it was going to, you know, was going to tie it to the derecho. So a derecho is a fast and furious land hurricane, and it is the absolute quintessential perfect storm. You have to have a certain number of days of humidity and barometric pressure and heat. And so all of these facts conspire this particular summer of 2012 one of them you know for this you know for these characters to get so off their game one of them is that Charlie loses, you know, he's lost his job and he steps in to um, coach. And the re- to answer your question more specifically, the reason this is such a big factor is because the pool, the river run pool has always been Jillian's terrain. She's so invested in it. And all of a sudden, you know, this queen bee, her husband steps in and people like him and he's doing a pretty good job and he has all of these skills from his life as a Um, in the business world that he brings to the party and it's very unsettling for her because this has always been her turf and he's really cramping her style
0: right so one of the themes of the book is friendship um christy and jillian love each other christy makes jillian laugh and jillian teaches christy all the basic skills she lacked I, i was really intrigued by that why How does somebody grow up lacking all those skills and how did that coincide with her being kind of a hot mess as you described her?
1: Well, Christy grew up, um, she was, she was born from basically conceived from an affair that her mother had. And so her, she was always a source of shame for, for her mother. And then her mother remarried Travis, who's Christy's stepdad and Travis loves Christy but he ha- he also has his own child with Christy's mother and the relationship is just different so Christy always saw herself as almost a blemish as also like Charlie a little bit like an outsider and um she just was kind of left to her own devices her mom wasn't really concerned whether or not she had swim lessons or you know whether or not she you know learned some of these um even basic life skills she was pretty much left to fend for herself and figure things out her mom was very consumed with her new husband and her new daughter and um christy was you know she just had to sort things out by herself so she never did learn a lot of those skills and she also was Grew up in a very different, from a very different background, socioeconomically. So some of these concepts of the pool and the moms who hung around the pool it was just completely foreign to her because she grew up in a working class community where there weren't, you know, people kind of lolling about the pool all day. Everybody worked.
0: Right. About, let's talk more about Travis. He's really almost a tragic character, but he's kind and he's good to her now. It's hard to imagine how somebody so sweet uh, caused her so much anguish.
1: Well, he was always very sweet and as kind as he possibly could be. I think a lot of her shame had to do with the fact that it you know, came from her mother. So is she just never felt like Anything that she could do was going to, you know, allow her to receive the kind of love that her stepsister did from both of her parents. So even though Travis was very kind, it, she knew it just wasn't quite the same.
0: Yeah. I um, love these little moments when one of the women is so judgmental about somebody else. And it's interesting. And you're absolutely right. Women are like, Many women are like this. I've seen it. But there were a few moments that were just laugh out loud, like Jillian calling certain women movies or when Christy asks her daughter if she likes the band because it's a thing people do. This is a quote. When they don't have anything to say (laughs) to avoid a real conversation. It's, It's so human. I learned from these scattered remarks that you, Michelle Brathman, are an astute observer of humanity. Where do you think that comes from? Oh, that's very
1: sweet. Thank you. Well, there's a lot of satire in this book. Um, We're talking about some heavy themes, but there's also a lot of satire. And that's just, I don't know. And that's just me kind of soaking it all up. And I've always been an an observer. And um, I've always kept a journal and I've always just noted down kind of funny things people say or ironic things people say. And I mean, I've been doing that since I was very young. My grandmother used to say I had nose trouble because I was always <laughs> in everyone's business. <laughs> but thank you for saying that. That's so sweet.
0: Um, the neighborhood, the area, as you said, it was uh, some kind of upper middle class. It was I don't know. Maybe you can say more about that. But it was clearly a different kind of community that not everybody's familiar with. Can you say more about the community? Yeah, so... Uh, The book is set in
1: Northern Virginia. I do not live in Northern Virginia. I live in um, Maryland, which is right. I live right across the Potomac River from the pool, and it's a suburban, you know, kind of middle class, upper middle class community. Um, summer swimming and community pools is absolutely huge in Virginia and Maryland. So most a lot of neighborhoods um, have these community pools, and then there's a summer swim league which draws upon the pools, and they have, you know, different divisions, and that's where Jillian grew up, and that's where the book is is set.
0: But these are private clubs. It's they're not public pools that everybody can join, are they? They're not public pools,
1: but they're not country clubs either. There is a fee, but it's not exorbitant. So um, most you know people can pay a, a nominal fee and and be a part of this community pool. So it's it's definitely um, you know it's it's very community based. It's not you know uh like these aren't like elite okay um, centers
0: okay christy wears a gold star of david pendant her husband gave her after her conversion to judaism why does tapping it help her ground herself in the present
1: well christy is a love addict and so um Just to explain, that's a little different than sex addiction. Sex addiction is where people get their dopamine hit from actually having sex. With Christy, she gets her dopamine hit from attention, from it's called intriguing with another person, from flirtations, from texts, from all that kind of thing. And sometimes, you know, well, we don't need to get into the weeds on love addiction versus sex addiction. But anyway, and she's not really in recovery when the book starts. I call her addict in repose. And so she still is a little wobbly. And the thing that um, grounds her is this beautiful life that she's built with her husband, David. And he, and so, I mean, star of David, whatever. So he, he, she wears this star of David around her neck. And when she just feels like she's a little off her game, she taps it just to ground herself and remind her of who she is and who she isn't in this world where she's not actively Um, participating in her addiction
0: so it was not an addiction I was familiar with but it was super interesting and Christy has a sponsor Beverly who helps her uh, who helps her as any sponsor would do can you explain more about that
1: yeah so Christy was in sex and love um, addicts anonymous for a very long period of time Well, actually not that long. Um, Then she thought she was okay. And she stopped going to the meetings and she had a sponsor and it's just like any other 12 step program. She had a sponsor sponsor's name was Beverly and Beverly was very helpful to her in helping her kind of identify herself as um, a love addict and work on strategies and the 12 steps and what have you to try and deal with her um, with this challenge. And the The tapping thing is something I'm not saying it's part of the 12 steps per se, but that was something, it was like an interrupter, a disruptor of an impulse. And so that was something that she kind of figured out on her own. But Beverly has all sorts of tools for Christy to use, including going to meetings and calling, you know, doing sponsor calls and that kind of thing.
0: And then there's Jillian's son who cringes because she insists on taking pictures constantly. It's almost like she's addicted to posting on Facebook. Um, why is it so important for her to document her days? Well, it's
1: interesting that you use that word, addicted, because it is a very compulsive behavior. So basically, when she was younger, she was very invested in appearances, and I, we're going to be the perfect family. And you know, she takes this picture of her father doing a swan dive, and she edits out the beer bottles, and she's you know, which is uh, something that I've read a lot about adult child's children of alcoholics do. And, you know, always cleaning up the messes. So Facebooking for her is a way for her to preserve this image that she's trying to generate. Everyone's happy. Everyone's perfect yeah. all the time. And Facebook is pretty, um is a pretty good uh tool for that. If you're, if you're trying to project an image, you know, there are a lot of people who lead these I call them fake booking lives where, you know, it's not quite as rosy as every one of these posts might suggest.
0: And her children must want to kill her when she possibly <laughs> yes. my, I know my kids want to kill me when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's annoying
1: to kids because who wants to be in pictures all the time, but right. it's really annoying to Justin because he knows that things are crumbling. And so it's kind of gaslighting in a way where this parent is just trying to put this patina on your life when inside, you know, that things are not so great.
0: So addiction of one kind or another, and we've spoken about three different kinds is also a major theme in your novel. Um, did I miss, was there another, were there more addictions that I didn't point out?
1: No, those were the biggest. Well, no, it's actually two. It was alcoholism and love addiction.
0: Oh, okay. You're not counting Facebook addiction.
1: <laughs> oh, Facebook addiction. Oh, oh, I thought you were trying to say. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess okay. I hadn't thought of it that way, but but you have a point. Um, I am wondering what you are working on next. Well, I'm about seventy pages into
1: a novel and it's not going great. So I think what I'm going to do is go back to what I've done with all my books. And I'm going to write a couple short stories based on these characters that I've generated and see what happens with them. I kind of figured that out of on a a long car ride this week. (laughs) That's
0: the next thing I need to do. But thank you for asking. Wait, say a a little (laughs) more about that, your technique for writing a book. Okay, so you, so you write one story, and that's not enough. You have to write Two or
1: three? Well, I can't just write a novel. I have to understand the setting, the world, the characters. And I started this whole uh, writing business as a short story writer. So a lot of times, I will, well, with all my books, I've started with a short story, and then if at the end of the short story I want to keep going, I want to know more, which is what happened with Swimming with Ghosts and also my first novel, Washing the Dead. Then I just keep going, but it allows me almost a bridge into um into this world and i think that's what has to happen with this book too i don't know why i've been doing these interviews and i've been telling people that's what i did and like oh yeah why don't you do that again with your ne- your fourth mm. book <laughs> so that's what i'm going to do but the short story form for me is joy is, well i like writing novels too but it it's it it really helps me kind of get to the, the emotional core of my characters mm.
0: well thank you so much for joining me michelle brathman it's been a pleasure Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. And thank you for joining me. Again, this is GP Gottlieb, author of the Whipton Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I've been chatting with Michelle Brothman, author of Swimming with Ghosts. Hope you're all reading something juicy today and always. Happy reading, everyone.